Here's a fake handoff, and Donnelly's going to throw, and that one is picked off by Nelson Lacombo again. He's bringing it back, 30, 40. He's got a convoy. He's going to go. Nelson Lacombo all the way for a Husky defensive touchdown. Second week in a row, they have a pick six. And if I'm not mistaken, second week in a row for Nelson Lacombo with a pick six. Well, I'll tell you what, if people around the country didn't know about Nelson Lacombo before this game, they're certainly going to after this one. That was as impressive a performance throughout this game that I've seen from a defensive back in this league in a long time. Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. This podcast, proud to be a voice of football in Saskatchewan at the amateur level. Over the last four years, my goal has been to put the spotlight on our athletes, coaches, and builders who have been instrumental in keeping alive and growing the game of football. This week was a great time for Canadian football as we had the Canadian draft go down. The Saskatchewan schools were well represented as all five kids on the board were drafted. As always, this podcast coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center at 1440 Broadway Avenue in Regina. Face first medical aesthetics in Regina above Gabo's on Dudney Avenue. Go check out Crescinda there as she'll help you beat back father time in a naturally looking way in the most professional way possible. Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon. Saskatoon's only certainty five-star roofer backed by a true manufacturer's warranty. Give them a call. 262-ROOF. AGT Foods. Thanks to Mirad El-Khatib for getting on board and supporting football at all levels in the province. He has done a great job along with his family and his wife Michelle doing all they can with their money and volunteer work to help build this sport and keep it alive here in the province. Same with this guy. Gear up with John Ryan Foundation. Thanks to the Ryder punter for giving back to his community giving back to this podcast get in the real estate game with former cfler paul waldo at royal LePage in regina a sponsor of our player of the week you can check out paul at 306-502-5355 he'll hook you up in the hot real estate market now he's the guy to go to speaking of waldo he is sponsoring our player of the week this week it is none other than the second overall pick nelson lacombo doubles at ag sales in wayburn for grain hauling grain marketing and crop insurance give Corey zadorozniak a call 306-842-2406 and Mark Greshner Photography. Check out his outstanding work. A lot of shots of Mosaic Stadium. He's given me a few prints that I use here on my Facebook posts as it relates to this podcast. Go check out his work. Trust him with your big life moments. Mark Greshner. Com. And I am coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio, and it is time to head out in the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. It's Nelson Lacombo for his coach at the U of S, Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. It is the Athlete of the Week. Here with U of S Huskies defensive back Nelson Lacombo, but you're staying in Saskatchewan one way or the other, buddy, because you're a Saskatchewan Rough Rider too, as we talk right now. Just after the draft, you know, the dust is settling a little bit. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great, actually. Yeah. Um, yesterday was a fun day, so I'm just uh, happy to be where I'm at. Yeah, in this weird pandemic world, how did you uh, celebrate? Um, just with some friends and family. Uh, didn't have too many people over, but it was uh, it was still a good celebration. What has your brother, Bo, who's been in the CFL for a while, told you about uh, being a professional football player? And how much has he helped you, Nelson? Yeah, he's, he's very happy for me. He's very happy, very supportive right now. Um, yeah, having him around me has been great. Uh, and having his advice and everything has been awesome. So, 
Yeah. What's the best piece of advice he's given you so far? Maybe not just in football, but in life. Probably just have fun to have fun with it and just, you know, just enjoy the moment you have right now. Has it been hard to have fun prior to last night? Has it been hard to have fun over the last year and a bit since we've gone through this terrible pandemic? It's affected everybody. How's it, how has it affected you, Nelson? Yeah, it, it was definitely um, something to adapt to. I know everybody had to. Um, you know, when it first happened, we were in the middle of off-season training, getting ready to play next year. Uh, and when that got taken away, everything kind of um, was just an adjustment for everybody. So, um, you know, just getting used to the whole process without football was something that was that was interesting. And uh, a lot of lessons were learned along the way. Uh, you know, um, I was able to go back home and to train with my brother and uh, with some friends as well. So um, I did that. And then I came back to Sask to train for the combine. So, um you know, I guess little things like that were some, uh, some, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel was there. So were you surprised at number two from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Second straight year that the Riders have turned to the U of S for their first pick in the draft. Were you, did you get a good indication that it was going to be the Riders? I guess leading up to the week, I, I wasn't really uh, expecting to go to uh, number two, mm-hmm. but on draft day, I, I kind of had a feeling. Um, my agent called me and, and uh, told me that Saskatchewan was showing some interest and uh, to watch out for them. So I had a little bit of a uh, an idea of, uh, or I guess a feeling that I was going to go there. And when it happened, it, it was just, it was surreal. I, I, I don't know how to explain the emotions I felt, but yeah. Have you, awesome. ever been to a, have you ever been to a Rough Rider game, Nelson? I know they play generally when you play in the season, but have you ever been to a game maybe to watch your brother here in Saskatchewan just to kind of get a feel of what it's like in Rider Nation? I have, actually. I've only been in one game. Uh, that was um, the game after – it was the day after we played Regina. Mm-hmm. So uh, my brother told me to come watch and got me some tickets. I went over there and, and saw him, got to watch him play, and got to experience how uh, how rowdy Ryder Nation is. It's it's crazy. It's um it's something that's that I haven't seen in my life. So it's definitely going to be fun playing with them. Yeah, how much do you think it uh, it, it helps you that you've already spent? Uh, some time in cold weather, Saskatchewan, being a, a left coast kid to come out here. And it's not much of a transition to stay in Saskatchewan. You just come down the highway to Regina now. Yeah, it's definitely going to be nice. It's going to be a great, uh, you know, having my time out there was so far, it's been amazing. Um, you know, just have embraced the culture out there and, and uh, I'm just excited to get going. That's That's all I can say. You know, and it's kind of, you know, like suppose you got drafted, no disrespect against any of the other teams, but suppose you got drafted by Winnipeg or Ottawa or wherever, you'd be happy to go. But now you have you have your family that's going to come watch you. Your brother's in the league, so you'll play against him. But then uh, you've kind of got a built-in fan base there in, in, in Saskatoon. So you kinda, it's like families close to you, they can come watch you. Having some teammates and, and you know, some friends, some students that I had classes with or uh, that I know, can come to watch the games and um, that's going to be really cool. So the year of challenges, Nelson, and for you stepping in, we don't know what kind of season we're going to have. We don't know how long the season's going to be. You probably won't get the benefit of a preseason to tire out your kinks in game action. Have the riders told you what they expect from you? Uh, do you know if I'm not saying you're a lot to make the team, do you have any indication of what their plans are for you immediately or down the road? 
Yeah, yeah. So I spoke to um, a few members of the coaching staff, and they basically, from what I understand, said that um, my situation is I, I have to learn multiple positions and, and learn the playbook that way. And uh, that's that's kind of how I'll, I'll be able to make the field. So excited. Give us your best attribute. I mean, I, I know you fly around, you're a great tackler, but what do you think your best attribute is right now? I'd say probably uh, just my instincts when the games actually happen. Uh, and a lot of it goes or is accredited to watching a film and mm. understanding what's going to happen in certain situations. And obviously my athletic ability uh, makes up for um, a lot of situations where I can make a play on the ball. So, um, yeah, I'd probably say my instincts and uh, it definitely helps me uh, be a playmaker. So, Were you always a film guy? Like, did you always, were you always into film study or can you be taught that? Who helped you learn how to watch film? Yeah, I was always interested in film. Even in in high school, we, we used to have, we used to have access to huddle. So we were able to watch games and watch other teams and, and do all of that. So that's, it's kind of always been what I enjoyed. I've gotten better at it as I've gone through university through our coaching staff and um, everybody out there. So. Hey, uh, Nelson, you talked about learning lessons in this pandemic. Can you give us one that you learned? How did you become a better person or a football player during this time? Some guys picked up the harmonica. Some guys picked up guitar. Some guys learned patience. They learned to be a better teammate, a better leader. What have you learned? I've actually, um, I'm trying to learn how to play the guitar. So that's one of them. But I would say the biggest, um, the biggest lesson I learned was probably that I'm able to handle a lot more than I think. Um, just mentally, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, and I think that's that's really what helped keep me uh, grounded. You talk about versatility. You certainly will have to be versatile because the riders are looking at maybe starting two Canadians in the secondary. So they need backups at that position. So you're definitely a guy that uh, probably can move around the board. You talk about being a film nut, but versatility would also be probably one of your strengths, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh you know, I was able to to play multiple positions at Sask. And um yeah, definitely or I should say I guess last year was was an eye opener for me in terms of uh what I think I can do. Um mm -hmm. before uh before I made the switch to halfback, I wasn't too big on switching positions. Kinda just wanted to stay at corner, but after my um my switch uh completely changed my perspective on things. And, uh, you know, made me realize that I could play anywhere. Your brother played D1 football. During this hiatus, Dean Leonard was a guy that won a Vanier Cup and then went to uh, Ole Miss and excelled down there. And everybody compared you two in this draft. Did you have a chance to go down south D1? Yeah, I did. I did. I actually spoke to a few coaches, a um, few um, D1 coaches, uh, and they unfortunately weren't able to play this year so and give, give me a shout out here to your buddy or my buddy but your coach paul waldo who uh, supports my podcast three-time great cup champ and your secondary coach at the U.S. how much has he helped you he seems like he'd be a pretty good coach i've never been coached by him but he seems like a pretty calm collected very into the game and very studious yeah paul i love paul man paul's amazing he's somebody that um connects very well with everybody on the team. Somebody I can call up anytime and, and just listen to. Um, it's definitely nice to be coached by him. I think he he has uh, a perspective that coaches, 
not many coaches have. You know, he's got so much experience and still pretty fresh. He could probably still play right now. Yeah, Paul has been amazing and has definitely helped my development throughout my time there in Sask. How important is it to a student athlete, a young guy, fledgling pro, to have a relatable coach like that? Somebody that's been recently playing, that's had success, that was a blue chipper. He wasn't a highly touted guy like you. He was a blue chipper, junior football, university, 165 pounds soaking wet, special teamer. But the dude, he, he, he does what he's supposed to do. Uh, wins great cups how, how important is that to you to have a coach like that? it's huge it's huge and um you know that was one of the reasons why i chose to go to sask um you know paul and uh just our coaching staff in general a lot have experienced as players and mm-hmm. have won great cups and have won many cups so that was one of the reasons why i saw myself in that uh in that situation it's time for the gospel according to ballsy <laughs> Well, the CFL draft proved to be a big night for Regina and Saskatchewan. Jake Bird of Regina, who was a tight end with the Patriots last year on their practice squad, was the first pick by Hamilton. Now, I follow football, especially in this province, and I had no idea who this guy was till just before the draft. His mom and grandparents still live here in Regina, and he does seem genuinely excited to play in Canada, which does make me smile. Of course, you just heard from the second overall pick, Nelson Lacombo, who's a great football player. Robbie Lowe's and Kyle Borsa had to wait a little longer than they thought, but the Blue Bombers picked them at 34 and 39, respectively. Lowe's is a hard worker that loves to hit and plays with a chip on his shoulder, a Mike O'Shea kind of guy. As mentioned many times before, Borsa's a mystery in that he hasn't played football since 2018, but this guy's a machine, his work ethic's off the charts, and you can't measure the chip on his shoulder. Plus, he gets to play close to home, which is very important to Kyle. And of course, Borsa could do worse than go to a team featuring Canadians Andrew Harris and Nick Dembski. Josh Haggerty, whose dad Jeff was a teammate of mine with the Rams, has worked his way onto the radar. This U of SDB has great length, improving speed, and loves to hit, and also brings a good football IQ. That's a nice pickup by the Argos at 47. The latest U of S lineman to go to our nation's capital is six foot three, 300 pounder Connor Bergloff, a center out of the U of S as he goes to the Red Blacks. Dude is smart, mobile, and versatile. And of course, last night, Nick Cross of Regina, the former U Sports Rookie of the Year with the Rams back in the day and current UBC linebacker, was picked with the final selection of round one by Hamilton. He is the definition of a football player. At six foot, 200 pounds, he can line up everywhere. And on a loaded Tiger Cats team, he could play specials, and I expect to see him mostly at safety. It indeed was a great night for provincial football, but the draft itself was once again a letdown. A sad commentary on the sport when the host broadcaster and the league only decide to broadcast the first two rounds. Yeah, 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 I hear it all the time. Nobody cares. Why would you want to watch six rounds of it? Well, riddle me this, Batman. How do you get people interested if you don't try? Let's say I've got a great steakhouse. Our menu's different, but you know what? We just won't advertise it. Will people come? (laughs) Well, some might, but I doubt it. They'll go to the keg. Do you think the NFL draft was always the glitz and glamour you see now? I encourage you to check out the footage from the 30 for 30 documentary, Elway to Marino. 
That was the draft where Dan Marino and John Elway were picked. All those quarterbacks, Jim Kelly, went in the first round. It was pretty plain and boring. Held in a conference room, just a plain backdrop with a podium. But it was a start. I hear these prominent broadcasters that work for said network talk all the time about the game being broken, the business model is wrecked, nobody cares. Yet they're the ones working against the league by pushing the four down messaging. During a Canadian college draft to fill time, we've got two announcers talking about the CFL, XFL talks. <laughs> Imagine that with the commissioner right there. Like we can't give it a rest for one night when we should clearly be celebrating Canadian talent? How about we interview more of the draft picks? How about we do a feature or two on one of the players or two of the players or a couple of the programs to fill time? And for God's sake, you've got six channels. We haven't had CFL football for 18 months. This is your night to celebrate and promote CFL football. It's been out of sight and out of mind, and you've got six channels. Folks, the league isn't broken. The game is great. We have more Canadian talent than ever before. You know what's broken? I'll tell you what's broken. The give-a-shit factor of the people that should care, and that's sad. The Gospel According to Ballsy is brought to you by Advantage Collision. Choose Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert because they care about your safety. Coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio, go check them out at 1440 Broadway Avenue. Aubrey Stedman and the gang, his son Emmett, lining up as a receiver for the Rams, and time now to talk with their head coach, Mark McConkey, on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Uh, coach, good news this week. It looks like you guys have a six-game schedule in hand. Yeah, it uh, officially got announced yesterday, I believe, and I'm really excited. I know our players are excited. Obviously, we want to be able to play an eight-game full season, but at this point, we're happy that Canada has gone for and kind of been proactive this year and putting a schedule together. And yeah, we're just excited to hit the field in the fall. What does the schedule look like, Coach? So it's a, it's a later start. So I think we're going to start mid to late September. We play everyone once, and then we actually double up with Manitoba. Um, just the way it kind of worked out. So, yeah, we're, we're really excited. Full playoffs with a full national championship, or where does it stand right now? Yeah, so normal playoff format. So Can West, four teams make it, one versus four, two versus three. And then from there, you go into the the Utech Bowl and then the Vanier Cup and everything. The Vanier Cup actually did get pushed back a week, so it's going to be held on December 4th. So that just gives us a little bit more buffer room uh, to start a little bit later this year. And sorry, and this is really a commentary on how poorly marketed U Sports is. Where is the Vanier Cup this year? To be determined. We're okay. unsure. Like it used to be at Laval, and now they're thinking about maybe having a the host, like a host team, whoever is in it. So. I know they're still working on uh, determining a host city. Do you like that idea, the host teams? Because it does guarantee a crowd, I guess. It does guarantee a crowd for sure. Uh, it would be it's pretty be pretty hectic to put it together right. within a week. I mean, I guess you would know if you're in the national semifinal and if you're like, okay, we got to start preparing for, to host a Vanier Cup. But, I mean, I, I like the idea of it. I think it would be super cool. Uh, especially if like we were able to host one or like at a Western or like in front of a home crowd, even if we're on the road, that'd be exciting to play in front of that many fans. Dude, it's got to be though exciting for your football team to actually have kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. There's been as a coach, you probably have felt like you've been dangling a carrot for a very long time. And after a while, the kids, maybe I, I've heard you've done a great job, but just human nature where they probably start tuning you out. Yeah. Yeah. Coach. Yeah. Keep our heads in it. But now there's actually maybe something on paper where you're like, here, here's the, plan 
Exactly. You couldn't have said it better yourself. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, you can only dangle a carrot for so long. And then even little things like we just started running on our field in small groups on Monday. So that was a big win. And then to have the Saskatchewan plan come out, uh, which is exciting when you kind of look at the numbers and where we might be at in July. And then we have our six game schedule release. So it's been a pretty positive six days in May here. So we're, we're excited to kind of keep going on this trend. I know uh, there are some dark days in, in the winter time here. No, I uh, talked to Kyle Bors, who got drafted. We'll get to that in a second. He he actually contracted COVID, but he's over it. Did you have much of a problem with COVID during this off season? So during the fall, we were actually able to practice, and we had zero cases uh, during the fall, the month and a half we were practicing, which was really great. And then after that, we would have we had probably about probably ten to twelve players who did end up getting it, and some have very mild like not many symptoms and some guys had uh some pretty severe symptoms so it's kind of been a bit of a it depends like we've got some students who are working as like an ea in the school that's how one guy got it in december and then some other guys got it at a gym uh a couple months ago so it's uh yeah it's kind of hit and miss with them but i mean we haven't had any team activities where they've got it from here, so that's great. What's your protocol going back? Like, what do you got to do? Do you got to test so often? I mean, everybody's strapped for cash here. I know what they spend down in the States at uh, colleges down there for testing, and it's it's astronomical. They spend more in a month and a half than you have for a budget here. So it's apples and oranges. But what do you guys do in terms of testing and monitoring that? Yeah, a lot of it is just like self-monitoring. So we have lots of protocols just from, obviously, we follow the health authority. Then we also have university uh, like training protocols. So whenever every player comes in, they have like a Canada COVID app. They have to fill it out and answer the questions before every training session, uh, temperature check, uh, hand sanitize, sanitizing, wearing masks, spaced out on the field. Um, so if, if you have any of those symptoms, like you can't come. So it's more just kind of self-monitoring. We don't actually do like the rapid tests or anything like that. I'm not sure what the protocols are going to be for the fall for when we're actually like tackling and kind of, because right now we're running, we're spaced out, we're not in contact with each other. So it's not as uh, big of a deal, but as we get to the fall, I'm sure our protocols might get a little tightened up. Yeah, and uh, vaccination rollouts might help with everything too. So uh, I'll tell you what, man, we talk about the players not playing. How about you? You've been waiting to be a head coach for a very long time. Just talk about it from your perspective. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm itching to get going for sure. Um, that, again, I'm, I might have been just as excited as the players when I saw that schedule uh, get announced yesterday. So yeah, well, I'm, we're really excited. We're kind of starting to get back into it. I'm uh, going actually doing our training camp install and playbook right now. And I'm working with some of our other coaches and even a coach like Dwayne Mason's like, I gotta, I gotta kind of get my butt back in gear. It's been so long since uh, he's like, I might forget how to coach. So it'll be, uh, everyone's excited. Coaching staff, uh, managers, admin staff, everyone here at the U of R. We're just excited to get back and kind of get back into the busy season and why we're here. So I've always liked you because of your honesty, your straight shooter, uh, both as a player, you know, as an assistant coach, now a head coach. I'm going to ask you something. You answered if you want. Do with it what you want, okay? How critical of a, how critical of a year is this for the Rams? Like, how much of a must is it for you guys for the longevity of this program to get on the field and play? And B, to have a CFL season because a lot of your money, 50-50s, you need CFL to keep this program going. Yeah, no, it's, it's very critical. Uh, we definitely need the, the CFL to go back in some capacity, even if it is 25% crowd, 50% crowd, whatever it may be. We need the CFL. Uh, I know where our board's working on a way to potentially do an online 50-50 for game. So that could, in turn, in the long run, actually really benefit us moving forward once we get back to a normal CFL season and all those things. So we're kind of using this as a uh, – we're, we're being innovative, I guess, is the best way to say it during this time off 
So we kind of got that taken care of. So, yes, we do need the CFL uh, to keep going, and we need to have a, a successful season this fall as well uh, for our team. And I, and I know we will. we got some really, really talented players that are kind of in those prime years of years two to four. So it's, uh, it's, it's our time now to, to shine and uh, to take over the Canvas Conference. Two of your boys went to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Let's start with Robbie Lowe's. He doesn't care about his body, so why would he care about yours? He plays on the edge. He's a Mike O'Shea kind of guy. Were you, uh, is that kind of where you saw Robbie going at that spot? And I thought Winnipeg would be a good spot for him because of Mike O'Shea, Kyle Walters, kind of that workmanlike Canadian kind of team. Definitely, yeah. It's a, it's a great spot for him. I know when he, whenever he had an interview with the team, he would always text me or call me after and let me know. And he, he had a really good feeling about Winnipeg. Um, they really liked him. And, and we have like Richie Hall here is uh, um, from Regina, and he's always at our practices, watching our practices. And, and every time he'd come, I know he'd always mention the coach uh, Donaldson and Sheldon Gray about how much he liked Robbie, just his versatility flying around. So we had a hunch that he they really liked him, but I didn't. You never know in the CFL draft. They can a lot of teams say they're really interested and never draft those guys. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm happy he went there. It's a good spot for him. Borsa's is making Lowe's drive to Winnipeg. He's in charge of the Ox Court. That's what he told me. So Borsa goes there too. It's kind of cool. Those two guys who are friends get to uh, go to the pros together, and it's only five five and a half hours away, depending how fast you drive. And if you stop for gas, you just get some sunflower seeds and a big drink, and you're in Winnipeg before you know it. Were you surprised? I predicted. I said. To, to Kyle's dad, Corey, that he would go to Winnipeg. That's a feeling I got talking to people. But were you surprised it was as late as it was? A little bit, yeah. I thought Kyle would have went a little bit higher. Um, but then you got to remember the nature of the position. Running backs, NFL, CFL, they always just drop to uh, later rounds or not. they don't go as high as they should. Uh, just, again, it's the nature of the position, right? The, the attrition, how many years those guys play in the pros. So I wasn't surprised. Like, I thought he would go a little bit higher. Rounds kind of three, four, but I didn't think he dropped to the fifth. Uh, but either way, it doesn't really matter. He's in a camp now. That's what's more important. And he's in a good, good situation with Winnipeg. Uh, they like Canadians. They, they value Canadian running backs. So he's in, I'm really happy that he's at that spot. Yeah, you could do worse than uh, being behind a Nick Dembski who was with the Riders and, and uh, Andrew Harris who's going to probably one day, well, be in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. But yeah, here's the thing, though. It's going to be tough for these young guys because there's last year's draft class, like a Farron Churchill, for example, who went ninth overall in the first round last year to the Argos, your former offensive lineman. Then he got Borson Lowe's. There's two draft classes, and it's going to be a shortened season. I think it'll even be shorter than the August 5th they proposed. There's a pretty good bet you'll have Borsa back. I think selfishly, would I be right? You want Borsa, a guy like Borsa back? Because you didn't have him since 2018, but obviously as a coach you'd love to see him get a shot at the pros too yeah definitely I, uh, I'll be careful what I say here but I'd be if he makes it I'd be super happy for him I've told him and uh, his dad Corey that as well and I and I truly would be if he happens to get sent back I will open him or I'd welcome with open arms for sure uh, we've got lots of exciting uh, new plays for him and just different ways to get him the ball in space and I'm excited to use those with Kyle because I think he's He's a pretty special athlete, but if we have to go to the next guy on the team, that's fine too. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely be excited to have him back and would welcome him with open arms. As I kind of look at the preview to this season, I see the Huskies and the Dinos right now are kind of favored. Of course, the Dinos are the team that won the Vanier Cup last time we were on a field. Huskies are a pretty good team. They're built to win. But you guys are sneaky good too. Do you feel like a guy like Kyle Borsa can push you over the top and really propel you to the heights of the Hardy Cup? Because I know that's where your immediate sights are set. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Kyle's a game changer. He can flip the field on special teams if he's back there returning. He can bust a big run uh, for 30-plus yards. So he, he's a game-changer, um, just like Atlee Simon was. And, and Josh Donnelly is slowly turning into one of those game-changers like Noah Pickton was as well. So those guys are just one more year mature, uh, one more year experienced. I know Josh has been working his tail off, same with 
uh, uh, Kyle. So I'm, uh, yeah, those guys can make a huge difference for us uh, next season. Borsma picked up playing a guitar. Bittner picked up playing a harmonica. What did McConkie do to get better during this pandemic? Oh, I don't know. Nothing. I guess just learn how to be a, a better, better parent, more, definitely more involved with the kid and uh, just learning, yeah, learning how to play music with him on his little toy guitar. I guess I could count that, but nothing cool like those guys know. Awesome. Okay. Give me one example how Mark McConkie became a better parent during the pandemic. Oh, that's a good one. Um, honestly, just hanging out with my kid or my son, uh, just putting in a lot of time with him and like, putting away my phone when I'm actually with them. I know that bugs the, the crap out of my wife was when I'm at home and I'm texting either other coaches or recruits when I'm there physically, but I'm not really present. So I do a, I do a better job putting my phone away and actually stepping away when I go hang out with my kids. So that's a, that's an important thing for me. It's a great answer. How old's your son? Just about two years old. Are you like the NASCAR dad of changing diapers? Like before it's awkward, right? But then once you get a hang of it, like I remember when I did it the first time with Ethan, it was like, uh, well, first of all, it was like a water fountain. I didn't do it right. And he kind of, <laughs> he kind of shot me. And I actually, it's funny. I tipped him over and he ended up finishing off in, <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it. He, he ended up finishing off in the, in the outlet on the vanity and kind of short circuited everything. But by the end I could do it blindfolded, watching hockey, drinking a beer or whatever. Are you that way? Like are you an ass car changer now? Boom, boom, boom. It's done. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, definitely pretty quick for sure. My skills have definitely improved in that, but I didn't have, I don't have a cool story like yours. Uh, no, no bad incidents like that. Well, I will tell you, it's better to change a girl than a boy. That's, that's just my opinion. Uh, everything else is a challenge for a male father, but other than that, uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks for this, Mark. Uh, great news. Can't wait to see you guys on the field and uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks. Appreciate it, Ballsy. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.